0: Of Better Practice, Better Life. Go to actdental.com forward slash BPA or hit the link in the show notes. Yo, yo, yo. Hey guys, welcome back to another awesome edition of the Best Practices Show podcast. You ever thought to yourself, man, I've had a lot of adversity, a lot of challenges. This journey of mine is not a smooth one. Well, Today, I bring on a new friend, Twin Win, and he describes an incredible journey. You got to hear this guy's story. It's incredible. And we talk about you never know what you could do without trying hard. It is awesome. Please listen to this. I know you'll enjoy it, and we'll see you soon. Hey guys, welcome back to the Best Practices Show podcast. Have you ever felt like you've been through some adversity, had some challenges, or if you ever wondered, gosh, I'm working pretty hard, is this ever going to happen for me? Well, I think we've all had those questions, and I have an amazing guest on today who I've just gotten to know through the Global Diagnosis Education Symposium, and I think you're going to really enjoy his story about overcoming challenges and what happens when one door closes and another opens up? And it's my friend, Twin Win. Thank you so much for being on. I'm so glad to have you here.
1: Oh, thank you, Church, for the nice introduction. I appreciate it. And I appreciate the opportunity to tell my story to others so that uh, hopefully it could inspire some, at least one individual, and make a difference in that person's life. I achieved my goal today. I so love it. My my story started back in Vietnam, where I grew up. I grew up after the war ended, the Vietnam War ended. Life was hard at the time. Uh, Food was uh, scarce. Meat was a luxury on the table, and I could have meat or fish maybe several times a week, if that. If I'm lucky and I had the basic things like rice and, you know, and such would be the basic thing, basic food on the table is, is we didn't have enough so we have to find substitute of rice, um, and, and meat and fish by finding anything we can around us in the garden, in the rice field, uh, you name it. And we eat, uh, we ate other things to substitute right to, to get by for the days uh, on those days after the war. Wow. So it was hard. I grew up in a family uh, where my fathers and, and mother was it were teachers in high school. Uh, they had to do a lot other work outside uh, teaching uh, to support the family, and I was one of the kids to uh, help my parents anyway I could to um, uh, get by, get enough food on the table. Uh, so then I, after high school. I uh, went to the so-called Physician Assistant School, which is like a PA mini PA program, three years, to become a semi-doctor, which uh, my parents would like me to become, uh, because I couldn't get into the medical school at the time. So I I settled with that, but after three years of, of PA school, I graduated but uh, it seems like I didn't have an opportunity to work because they pay me only 25 US dollars per month working six days a week. So if you do the math, I would earn $1 a day working uh, back in the 80s, uh, late 80s. So I said, forget it. So I went on and, and become a goldsmith and uh, to, do, uh, to earn a living and help my parents uh, every day. But then uh, in uh, 1992, I had an opportunity to um, come to the US uh, under the immersion program, and so I did. So, I arrived here in my mid-20s in 1993, and uh, I got uh, uh, two things uh, in my hands, uh, two luggages per se. One luggage is uh, clothes. Uh, which wouldn't be appropriate in Minnesota because I landed in Minnesota Mm -hmm. and they, the other luggage is books, English books, dictionaries, grammars, and all that just about to, to learn more English. And at that time in my mind, I was hoping to, uh, to be educated somehow and maybe go to a college of some kind to get a degree of some kind, very vague. And, and not knowing what I could do you know, at the time because I wasn't certain about my skills, my English, my ability to learn. So uh, I, I came to Minnesota because my, I have an aunt in, in Richfield, Minnesota uh, who lived here um, many years before I, I came. So uh, I came to live with her for about more than a year. So my journey started that with two luggage,s no dollars, no hundred dollars in my pocket, no degree, in my mid-20s, in 1993, in Minnesota. So, I started out with uh, going back to an ESL kind of thing, program for adult education to earn a diploma to get everything legit to go to college right away. Within six months, I signed up for um, college, uh, Normandale College, which is a community college in Minnesota, to start out with basic education for my uh, journey. At the time, I had no idea what I could do and what I could become. But uh, right off the bat, with their um, uh, assessment, I could get the English composition right away. So I started out with that and many other things. I was good at, with science classes and, and back in my country, physics, math, chemistry, and all that. That uh, I had that knowledge in my mind, but I have to convert all that into English, of course, and learn. So fast forward. During the two years in the, at the community college, I I thought of many different choices, such as being a nurse, being a businessman, being a, a, a math teacher in college, being a uh, uh, hygienist maybe, and finally, hygienist kind of set uh, set my mind and I set my mind to that. So I applied to uh, hygiene school uh, at Normandale College uh, and at the U of M you know, University of Minnesota. So I got accepted to uh, the University of Minnesota um, to start out in about almost a year later at a time. That was in 1995. Uh, But um, the the Normandale uh, didn't get me, and so for some reason didn't have enough uh, classes and whatnot. So the U of M got three year program if I started that. So then during the time I was waiting to uh, get into the hygiene program at the U, I didn't have anything to do, uh, uh, but I would take some more classes, uh, pre-dent classes. And just to back off a little bit, when I arrived, I learned to be a nursing assistant right away to get the, par- uh, to get the license to be a nursing assistant to work in nursing homes, which would give me flexible time uh, schedule to work uh, between classes and whatnot and weekends. And also I was a a waiter in a restaurant. I also was a paraprofessional uh, teacher. Um, That is, I assisted my uh, English teacher to help other students to learn English as a foreigner. So I held three part-time jobs consistently through my first two or three years in college, along with full-time student schedule. So I either work or study or sleep or eat. That's it. That's all I did in my uh, two, three years there, Uh, of course, after that too. So eat, sleep, uh, study, work. That's it. Uh, Barely any social time, Uh, social life. No TV show, no nothing. Yeah. Nothing like that.
0: Even the sleep so, time sounds a little compromised. How many how many hours of sleep did you get back then? I'm just so curious.
1: <laughs> I don't know, six to eight, maybe depends. Okay,
0: okay.
1: Uh, that here's, here's how I worked myself uh, to dis- discipline myself um, to get better at college. I mean at uh, at my uh, English in in school. Uh, I studied a lot in in Vietnam. I use a Walkman uh, portable uh, Walkman um, cassette player, and I use a double cassette. Uh, to learn English, record and repeat and, and, and write down what I heard. And so uh, during my early years here, I asked permission for the, from the teachers in college here in the U.S. to record their lectures so that I could uh, re-listen to write down my missing notes. That's one. So I would use the tape recorder on my hand while driving, listen to the code, uh, the lectures, to kind of absorb more information. And then at home too, when I, I had, uh, when I sat down to uh, write the notes, I just recorded all that missing notes uh, with the tape recorder to to make sure that I understood all the things, and that I could get A's. So that's that. And then I uh, I held a portable radio, um, in my car while driving, and uh, or set it aside and listen to the uh, national public radio and repeated what they said to to train my voice and pronunciation and, and so that's kind of how i disciplined myself to, to get better and you know, besides other work so i utilize the driving time to teach myself my my english to get better yeah okay so those are the little things that uh that i forced myself to go through so uh When I got accepted to the uh, hygiene program at the U uh, about a month before the program started in the summertime, uh, I got the courage, the encouragement from my girlfriend at the time, who's now my wife, who lived in Canada at the time, and my very close friend, an American born uh, friend, uh, who went to undergrad with me. Uh, he pursued medi- medical school so he and i took a lot of classes together so he encouraged me to stop uh, hygiene school and maybe go on apply to dental school so with the two people encouraged me i was able to um ask for a letter of po- postponing from the hygiene director to hold me a seat for next year mm-hmm. so that i can try to apply to dental school yeah so So, backward a little bit uh, from I started uh, Normida College. And after two quarters, I was depressed and um, anxious and not knowing what I could do. So, my aunt asked me to maybe consider a two year technical college, which I almost started a, a, a two year technical college to settle my life. But another dear friend of mine who is older than me, Who grew up with me in Vietnam? uh, With me in Vietnam, encouraged me to go back to Normandale College to pursue a four-year degree. So I did that. So I'm glad I did that. So moved on to hygiene school, and then uh, I did for hygiene school. uh, I took a bunch of classes and took DAT, and uh, with a lot of struggle, sweat, and tears, I got into dental school in 1998. So five years after arriving in America. Having no money, no degree, two luggage,s I became a dental student in five years.
0: What kept you going? Like that is an incredible journey. And did you you mentioned you felt a little depressed? But were, were there times you're like, "I got to keep going." What what really kept you going during that whole process?
1: I I told myself I came here to have a better life and i can i can i will try my best so that i don't settle for less and i want to be educated i have to have a career or a job that has some education other than less education you know compared to less education i would choose to have a higher education career than not so that's how that kept me going. And I was in the bottom of my of, of my life of not having enough thing to eat and no money and no future. I, I saw no future in my in my life at the time uh, in Vietnam. So this is, I could only go up. I cannot go down. Wow. So I could only go up. Anyway, 2020, I mean, no, 2002, I graduated from dental school at the University of Minnesota. And of course, I struggle quite a bit, uh, you know, to get through it. But the first year uh, of dental school, I gran- i was ranked uh, academically seventeenth uh, out of eighty-five students in the class. You know, uh, provided that I struggled a lot with my English and uh, and DAT uh, exams, uh, you know, to get into dental school. And, and so uh, that was. Um, I proved myself I could do it uh, the first year. So anyway, I enjoyed dental school a lot. I was the last student to be in the clinical lab to work on lab cases until 9 p.m. When the custodian would work around me, at first they looked a little strange to me, but then they are accustomed to seeing me every night there. I was the last person in the clinical lab in third year and fourth year to wrap up my lab cases and do this and that uh in in the lab all the time like all the time and uh upon my graduation dental school one of the teachers uh in dental schools announced in in, in the big group uh, meeting that i have never seen such a hardworking student in my life like twin win never wow. so i was the most hardworking student in my class the class before me and the class after and probably many other classes too
0: that's amazing amazing so what did you do after you graduate where'd you go
1: i went to uh, before i graduated uh, a year before that uh, i got a friend who was a vietnamese dental student to three classes above me hooked me up with another employer out of uh, the metro two hours away and at uh, that Clinic was busy with serving um, medical assistance uh, patients a lot, and the employer offered me a job, guaranteed job for ten thousand dollars a month, with uh, forty-four hours work week, and I was so excited. That was a year before I graduated. Wow! So I went there to work uh, full time, more than full time, fifty-five hours seeing patients per week, plus almost two hours writing charts at the end of the day. So if you add all that, I would work like 65, 66 hours per week, nonstop. I had only about half hour lunch or 20 minute lunch. Uh, and I worked 12 hour a day, uh, for three days and eight hour a day for two days of the week. So I commuted from San Paul where I lived in the apartment with my wife to, uh, two hours away, north of Metro. And I lived there for, uh, five nights, four to five nights. And I drove back home for forty-eight hours, and I did that for um, year and a half. Also, when my first uh, baby was born, I still I was still doing that. But then the employer opened another clinic uh, close to my house, within uh, driving distance, uh, to get home every night, forty-five minutes. So I, I was granted to have a to transfer my job to a, a nearby uh, place. So I did that for three plus years total. 2005, October 2005, I I bought an existing old practice, dental practice uh, to own my own business. And at first, uh, I didn't know that I could not, uh, if I could do a four-year degree. Then I accomplished dental degree. And at that time, I never thought I would be an owner, a sole owner. I thought maybe at best I could be a partner. But then it happened that I be an owner myself uh, of an old uh, small dental practice in 2005. So I started to, I mean, I worked really hard as always. And I was also lucky to have a good program uh, with good patients flow to grow that business. In two years, I overgrew that practice such that I couldn't handle the load, workload anymore. I worked five, six, six days a week, something like that. So. In 2008, early 2008, uh, my wife and I bought, uh, some land in the nearby, uh, the office mm-hmm. nearby area of the office within a mile. Uh, the office is in rush city, Minnesota, which is about an hour north of the, the twin Cities. So we bought land nearby and we, uh, started to, we had started to, uh, to, uh, gather ideas to build my dream office. It took me one and a half years to gather all the information, all the features of the building, a dental practice. And we hired an architect team to draw the building plan and all that. So it took us a year and a half to gather information and also work with the architect. And then the uh, summer of 2008, late July, we dug, dug the hole of the flat land to build the office. And Thanksgiving time, we moved in. So four and a half months from start to finish my dream office, digging the hole and build and move the patients in, in four and a half months, 12 ops, 12 chairs, 6,000 square feet, one level and full basement.
0: Wow. Wow. That is quite the accomplishment. And for you to hit that timeline, that's pretty, that's pretty good. I don't usually hear that kind of. Um, execution and timeline like that um,
1: right 2008 I also hire a full-time associate he started out when we started building build the building he worked part time I worked part time but then 2008 I got a full-time doctor and fast forward from the end of 2008 to uh, now I've had many associates here and there but as of right now, I have two associates full time, and me is a full time. But then one of my associates is now uh, withdrawing because she doesn't like to the rest of the in the winter time. So I'm in the process of replacing that dentist with another full time dentist uh, right now. And we have about 4,500 plus active patients in the office. We have about 18 staff, full time part time together, and uh, we have loaded technology in the office, you name it, CBCT, uh, three digital scanners, uh, soft tissue lasers for all hygienists, hard tissue lasers for me, um, uh, all electrocampuses, uh, each chair, uh, three monitor setting, um, uh, TV, radio for patients, movies for patients. Uh, and what else? Oh, airflow technology is the best for cleaning and deep cleaning for hygienists. <laughs> airflow technology is the best. I don't know if you heard of that name yeah. uh, before. Have yeah. you?
0: Yeah. Heard? And I, and I'm certainly not someone worthy of commenting on it, but in, co- in conversation, it does come up for sure. Um, okay. but yeah. Yeah and uh now i'm going to paraphrase because it's been a while since we had the gde symposium but bill robbins was was sharing a little bit and i want you to expand on this on the cultural changes you had to make in order and i can't remember and i i don't want to get this wrong but for you to make a living you know and to make money that was that was a hurdle that you had to to um to get over and can you talk about the cultural changes and in being successful? I can't remember what he said, but it was, and, and you chimed in and I was part of the conversation, but it was, it was hard to, to feel worthy of success and make money as a result of something like that. Do you remember exactly what it was?
1: Cultural changes in general yeah. For the dentist here or for myself or what? what well, was it? I think oh. he
0: was paraphrasing what you're, what your parents had taught you or something like to make money in a country coming from a country of, from Vietnam and from the background you came to, to thinking about how to make money as a living, there was, there were some sh- changes you had to make in, in your mindset. and do, Can you talk about that?
1: Uh, in my country, I was a goldsmith. I didn't make much money at all, barely anything, you know? Yeah. That's like, pennies here compare. And and so um, over there, uh, my parents were an entrepreneur doing a lot of other things such as um, uh, getting uh, plots, cut plots from big manufacturer and uh, bring home and then hire workers around to uh, to do the uh, sewing uh, in the uh, industrial way. And then uh, to hand back the uh, big manufacturer to earn a living those are the things uh, that i grew up with but over here is different of course i'm a professional now a dentist and so uh working hard as a dentist is different than working hard as someone in vietnam earning pennies to live by every day yeah and so uh, the change while i feel privileged to live in america because there's so, uh, there are plenty of opportunities to, to seize and thrive with. Whether you can be a medical doctor, dentist, lawyer, or anything, or even if I am a plumber, I would be my own owner of a plumber company. I would, I would owe hard. I work my best. I get reputation. I get referral. I will have a comfortable life. If I were a plumber, or electrician. So no matter what you do, there will be opportunities for you to get a loan. to to open a business and work hard. You're going to achieve what you want to achieve. You can set your schedule. Uh, you can work as hard as you want or as little as you want, and you have uh, options to do so back in Vietnam, especially now. We do not have an option there to work hard, to earn money, to live comfortable. That is sad to hear, but it's the truth right now. Yeah, uh, The economy is not good. So over here, plenty of opportunities. I am so blessed to be here. I'm so blessed to be part of uh, the country, part of the people around me. I'm, I will, I've been supported so much to become who I am right now from the people around me, from the government loan me the money to go to school and all that. I did all that basically, and, you know, from my hard work for the most part and some help to my helps my wife, friends around my employees and the people around me. And I, I, I just cannot thank enough uh, of people around me and the country. So I owe the country a lot. Of of being here and 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 paying back, uh, to, you know, contribute back to the people around me, and I do a lot right now. I do all the challenging work in dentistry, such as um, implants, uh, full mouth implant or single implants. I do all my design, I uh, digital design. I print out my own surgical guides. I print out my temporary prosthesis. Um, I do full mouth uh, implants, all on X. I do uh, impacted surgical extraction for wisdom teeth. I do a gum surgery. I do all my endos. I do uh, removables. I do all of that. I do a ton of that. I do fixed pros really well. I do very quick. I do very good operative. I do everything except for ortho and crying kids. I don't handle <laughs> crying kids really well. So. Uh, those are the two things I don't do. Uh, otherwise, I do everything, and I dedicate myself a lot to studying, to learning, to improving myself. Uh, I got involved with felons uh, study clubs, uh, four or five study clubs from felons company, uh, seminar in in Canada. I got involved with uh, global diagnosis education. I got involved with uh, Dr. Fran, uh, my implant business, Dr. Frank Zastro, a neurosurgeon surgeon in in Germany. I got involved I, I learned from Dr. Arutgar a lot, uh, all my implant education, I learned from other dentists out there in the country and I got uh, networks to connect with them, uh, Facebook, Instagram and all that. Um, um I like I here you can see the treadmill right on my left side. I put a laptop and fun on top of the treadmill, I ran the, the treadmill and opened up the videos to study dental recorded lectures from other people. Yeah. So I learned and I exercised at the same time.
0: You're amazing. You are absolutely amazing. I want you to talk about the two sentiments when we started. You mentioned you never know what you could do without really trying hard. What does that really mean to you? And what do you want people to know about that phrase? Sure.
1: Well, back on the day when I came here in America, I was so confused, perplexed, not knowing what I could do. But back in the day, that day, first day I came, I would never imagine that I could could be a dentist. I tried out with little things like some A's in classes at, college, community college, and then uh, get good grades and transfer to and apply and I get accepted to hygiene school. So I knew then at a time that I could have, I could accomplish a four year degree in hygiene programs. And when I first came, I wasn't sure if I could do that. So if I didn't try hard, I wouldn't become, you know, I wouldn't be accepted to dental hygiene program. So that's the message. If I hadn't tried hard to defer the hygiene program and try for dental school, I would not have become a dentist. So if I didn't think about that, I didn't reach for the star, then I wouldn't become a dentist. So I didn't, I couldn't imagine that I could become a dentist, but because I kept trying, I built up confidence one level to the next, to the next. And that's how I gained my confidence and achieved things in life. So that's the message. If you you just don't know what you could do, and un- unless you try and try hard, look for opportunities around you. Uh, because I couldn't imagine I, I becoming an owner of a dental practice, uh, you know. But I, here I am. I'm an owner of 18 uh, employees. At times, i I was an owner of 24 employees. At times in the past, in 2010, 11, 12, 13, 14. I got a lot of employees at a time, and and then and now I'm very comfortable with life. Uh, my wife has started also a real estate uh, company. Uh, she bought houses and remodel and re, uh, sell it or for rent and all that. So uh, she and I helped each other out. She helped my business and it helped her business too. So we grow side by side. We have a very strong financial resource right now to support two kids who are now at UCLA, uh, UCLA College, two of them. That, uh, one is third year and one is uh, first year. That is amazing. So that's, so they are there and uh, they, they I set the bar high for them. Be, hmm. Being an, a first year, uh, first generation immigrant, to be a dentist, so they know that the bar is high. Yeah. Uh, they're good students.
0: Well, you, I have no doubt you have that impact. You are having that impact on me. I feel like I got to up my game, <laughs> you know, and, <laughs> and it's so inspiring to see how you have stayed focused and worked so hard. And you mentioned this also before we hit the go button. It, it, it's true. Doors close, opportunities close all the time. And can you finish that thought? when you, you have a different perspective on when doors close? Talk about that.:
1: Yeah.: Yes. I said before we started that when a door is closed in your life, look out for other open doors, and yes, you will find them, especially in this land of opportunities, America, USA. Yeah, An example. When I was 17 years old, finishing high school, uh, applied and, and applied to a medical school. It's not applying like the process we do here, it's totally different. Applied meaning I took an exam, a brutal exam, a very hard exam that, uh, that composed of three subjects math, uh, biology, and chemistry. And I had to score a total score, total possible scores at 30. And they set up the bar to get to medical school. Let's say uh, twenty-two out of thirty things like that, or twenty-three out of thirty. And uh, and that's uh, and I scored only thirteen. I was so mad at myself that I thought it was good, but it wasn't good. I failed, and I thought the world ended there that I couldn't get a dental school, a uh, medical school. And it's very hard to retake, you know, a second time or a third time after three times failing that, uh, and you can, I can only take, I could only take once a year at a certain time of the year. If I fail three times, then she said, I won't get into any of the big, you know, the schools like that. So I thought the door was closed forever and I went on to become a goldsmith. I had no doors open. I came over here. I thought I'd become a businessman, a nurse, um, a mechanics, uh, a mechanist, uh become a math teacher. All of those doors I explore. But then I opened up the I mean the hygiene door open and then the dental school door opened. And then the ownership of a dental practice opened. And then the the, the opportunity to build a big dental office opened. So One door open after the next, but with all my heart and soul trying and working to see those doors and walk through those doors to where I am right now. So that's the idea is you have to try hard when one door is closed. An example is this 2014, the end of 2014, I was doing really well with cash flow and everything, uh, through a major uh, public program of the state. They funded well, but then they ended that program and they dropped, I dropped 3,000 patients overnight. December 31st, 2014 to January 1st, 2015, I lost 3,000 families, 3,000 families. I sent out the letters because the program did not work for us anymore. They dropped the program. So that door was closed to me. But then I was still doing well after that because I focused on other things and, and switch, shift my gear to more education, do more things. And I was doing well back again. You know, it's fine. So that was one door closed. There'll be some other doors open. And you have to work hard, willing to work hard.
0: Yeah, I love it. I love it. We're going to do a follow-up episode. I do have a question for you. The chapters of your life are so interesting. I have no doubt what's ahead for you will even be more interesting. What's in the next chapter for you, Twin? What are you up to next?
1: I am uh, looking for a dedicated, hardworking doctor who uh, who is willing to learn to come in to work four days a week. The moment that person is comfortable with the flow, I will do three days a week. That's my goal next. So that I can dedicate more time to work out and sleep more <laughs> and, and learn more and then do more challenging stuff I am learning to do block graft right now successfully from the Dr. Frank Zastro from Germany. That's my goal next. I want to do better gum surgery and more and quicker and more efficient surgeries uh, so that I can tackle uh, resorbed uh, sites for implants when I usually would say, oh, sorry, I cannot do help you with the narrow ridge and narrow, you know, bone width or height. I'm learning that that's my next thing to do. And work three days a week, uh, work harder cases. In 10 years, I like to transfer my ownership to either one of my kids uh, and or another associate. Uh, And then I can uh, just work two days a week after that uh, until I cannot work anymore. I enjoy uh, teaching. I am getting involved with part-time teaching uh, residency program in Minnesota here. Um, uh, just very part time to see it. You know, uh, I I love teaching. I I, I love teaching. I I, I can teach endo. I can teach removable. I can teach, um, you know, some digital implant workflow uh, too. And so I I love teaching. Um, I I, I will teach more. That's my next chapter. Yeah.
0: yeah, maybe we'll get you to teach over here too <laughs> there's no doubt we can learn a lot from you so I'm so oh, you. yeah your story is incredible and so to anybody that's listening give us some final thoughts on resilience you know you never know what you could do without trying really hard if somebody's listening to this and they're like it's hard I've thought about giving up and'll I'll tell you even my journey there are probably about 12 times in my career I almost gave up And one time I actually did give up. And then I had a friend of mine go, silly, don't do that. You know, sometimes you just got to keep going. What's your, what's your final thoughts on that?
1: You know, uh, life is a blessing. And the blessing that we may not know is we are living in the USA. I know that there are many other problems out there in the country, but all things considered the pluses and minuses, I do have a chance to compare this country to my own country and other countries that I travel to. This is still by far the best place to live, to work, and to enjoy life. Yeah. Uh, So, don't complain. Remember what President Kennedy said. We all know. Ask what You can do for your country, but not what the country can do for you. Yeah. I always keep that in mind. And it's a blessing to be in America. You have plenty. We all have plenty of opportunities to work and have a good life here.
0: Yeah. So well said. And it's funny you say that. I have a dear friend of mine from another country, and I won't mention his name. And he said this to me, he said, I've never seen a country in which people hate where they live, you know, and it's, he said this, you, you have to understand, I, he wasn't a U.S. citizen and he still isn't. And he's like, this is an amazing place. And I've never seen a place where people dislike so much about what they have. And uh, I think it's an awesome opportunity for us to just pause and reflect and be grateful. And twin, you've done that today for me. And I hope for somebody else. And I think your goal of inspiring somebody else's story, I think you're going to do that.
1: Thank you. I hope that uh, my story can inspire at least one person and make a difference in that person's life. That's my goal.
0: Well, I hope so, too. And I think goal accomplished. So (laughs) and uh, I'm so grateful, my friend. So thank you so much for being on the show. I really appreciate this. And uh, stick around while we say goodbye to everybody else. Um, Thank you guys for listening to the Best Practices Show. That story is amazing. And this country is made of great people like Twin who've made it so great. And I'll just remind you what he reminded you is like, there's always opportunity if you work hard enough. There will always be doors that open uh, when others close. And uh, I can't thank you enough for listening to this episode. And if you enjoy it, please do us a favor, hit the share button, share it with your friends. Keep sending us suggestions for things you guys want to see. We're going to line them up so that you guys create you. better practice and a better life. And twin, I really, really appreciate this. So until we see all of you next time, or you hear from us all next time, keep watching or keep listening to the best practice you. show. You
1: got One it? more thing. Yes. And now I have my practice in, uh, named Soft Dental in Rush City, Minnesota. Uh, north of minnesota an hour from the metro so if you want to check me out uh look on our website softdentalmn.com
0: we will put a link to it in the bio so if you are i'm sorry in the show notes so if you're listening to the podcast wherever you're consuming the podcast just link up link, uh, link uh, li- flip up to the show notes that's what i was trying to say and there'll be a link right there To uh, Twins practice and a little bit more information about him. So make sure you check it out. So until we see you guys next time, or you hear from us next time, keep watching or keep listening to the best practices show. You guys enjoy your day. So there you have it. Another great episode. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Hey, and thank you for showing up. I just want to thank you for being here and sharing the good word with your friends. And if you're really enjoying the podcast, could you do me a favor? Could you go to wherever you consume the podcast and just give us a four or five star review? Here's what that does. It allows us to find other great people like you. I love this profession so much. I'm gonna spend the rest of my professional life finding great information so that you can consume it and your friends can consume it so that you can create a better practice and a better life. So keep spreading the word and we will see you guys soon. Have a great day, everybody.